Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Um, Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. want to thank you all for listening and uh, make sure if you haven't already, please subscribe to whatever feed you're listening to this on. Leave us a nice five-star review. Helps us all out. Helps kind of raise our profile and helps keep this network going. Um, So we're coming off a weekend off, kind of. No UFC this past weekend. So Ryan, you didn't have to cover anything for the Observer or the uh, F4W, but we did. We did check out uh, one on Prime Video, and um, I, we didn't want to talk about Connor's latest exploits. So uh, you can Google it if you're curious. Um, but make sure your uh, NS, NSF NSW uh, uh, thing is not is, safe for work. Sure. Yeah, but no, we watched. Uh, we watched one on Prime Video, and we 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 got to talk about one. Um, and specifically what we'll get into, we'll talk about the show, but uh, what we kind of wanted to open the show with, because it's kind of a hot button debate on Twitter. And, um, you know, we asked the question and I was reading some of the stuff you were talking about and I got a couple answers myself. But, um, you know, it's how, how long ago was that trade? Like five years ago with Demetrius Johnson and uh, for uh, Ben Askren? It was a, it was a tw- uh, late 2018. So, okay, so, so four years ago. Four years, four ish. Yeah four years ago if, if you so, actually want to call it an actual trade it was yeah i mean it was yeah. basically both sides agreed to let their people go to the other company i mean even yeah. though they contractually yeah, yeah. both <laughs> both guys wanted out of where they were and both guys yeah. wanted to go to a certain spots so yeah so Actually, so yeah. Ben Askren comes to UFC Demetrius Johnson longtime flyweight champion it just lost his belt and goes to one and, um, you know, at the time, you know, we kind of like Ben Askren had been talking about UFC, you know, doing shit talking like for probably five years since he was in Bellator, uh, maybe longer than that. Um, and Demetrius, you know, just 
kind of wanted to kind of proved everything he could in UFC and wanted to test himself against other competition. And so, yeah, they made this trade and one wanted a big name and Demetrius Johnson and the, the, the lighter weight guys are a lot bigger deal uh, in that part of the world. You know, it's, you know, heavyweight, you know, bantamweight, they even have straw weight men, um, you know, so, so he, they were going to treat him like a real big deal. And uh, so four years later, Ryan, uh, I know your answer, but you know you can tell the listeners who do, who do you think won this fight or this uh, this fight this trade <laughs> this trade if you're talking about pure in ring results of the two it's very clearly Demetrius Johnson but when you're talking about and when you're talking about overall and when you overall look at the picture you're not looking at the fighter you're looking at the promotions and overall UFC won this handily now did it help one Maybe yes, maybe no, probably a little bit. But UFC getting Ben Askren, the trickle, the ripple effect of everything he did in that company and how it trickled down to a lot of it, a lot of it. And also, uh, no, no, no more Demetrius Johnson on the roster, the ripple effect of that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, it's just the, the effects of it were huge. And honestly, it probably made the UFC a little bigger, a little more hotter over these last couple of years, and it made several superstars. So mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah, Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueredo. Um, I don't know. He's I, I, maybe not a superstar, but um, I mean, Jorge Masvidal. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, sorry, I had a little bit of a coughing fit there. No, no, that's, there trying that's cool. to get through my, through my thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, and, and I mean, I think for me, like the thing that a lot of people would kind of just maybe gloss over is the fact that, you know, Demetrius kind of, you know, he almost cleaned out the division. Of course he lost to Cejudo. So he would have had that rematch, but UFC was talking about getting rid of the flyweights, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Cejudo was a bantamweight, you know, moved up to bantamweight. He could have, they could have easily just dropped the belt, dropped the division. And, uh, you know, and if Demetrius was still there, they probably don't do that. So, yeah. You know, and and then he, yeah, he goes over there. I mean, he's lo- he lost once, but you know that created this big rematch, and and he won the rematch. So he's what five and one in in one FC. Ben Askren, he, I mean, he lost. What did he fight? He fought twice, or was it three times? He fought. He fought three times overall. Right. Yeah. One no contest, yeah. two losses. Right. No, no. He won the he won the first fight, which was oh Robbie right, yeah, Lawler. yeah, he, which he controversial. Lost. He had the yeah. he had the. He had the bulldog choke, yeah. and he almost got finished by Lawler, and then had the bulldog choke in, and Lawler right. never tapped, but Herdine stopped it because he thought Lawler was out. But in uh, my head, that's a then... no contest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... and then the then was then hold on one second. He lost to uh, obviously the Ma- to Masvidal, then was and the then Ma- Masvidal, and then lost uh, to Damian Maya, and right, yeah, and uh. In uh, Singapore, I think that was right. But really, the big effect was the uh, Masvidal fight because of, yeah, because I was at that sh- I was at that show UFC two thirty nine. It had yeah John Jones against Tiago Santos in the main event, and uh, Amanda Nunez against Holly Holm in the co main event, and then Askren and Masvidal was third from the top. But as you were, as it felt in Las Vegas, like it felt like Masvidal and Askren was the big fight on the card. And then you have the incredible finish of the five second flying knee, flying knee uh, that uh, that Masvidal landed. You know the probably the the most 
I would say most famous knockout UFC history, that or the uh, either that or Anderson Silva's front kick on Vitor Belfort, one of those two. And then, uh, yeah. Anyway, that started with uh, you know that that you know it was on it was on the early stages of ESPN pay per views be or UFC pay per views be on the ESPN Plus. So the the finish was replayed constantly for the next several weeks on ESPN, and Masvidal was all over ESPN, and he, he was truly made like the first big star of the ESPN era goes in, goes in and has the main event against uh, Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz in the, uh, at Madison square garden. Then he goes on and has two big fights with Kamaru Usman, which combined make, uh, had 2 million pay-per-view buys. And really that, that kind of trickled down to Usman, you know, mm-hmm. being in those big fights, you know, and Usman winning both fights, especially the second one where he knocked Masvidal out, out cold. The first time we'd ever seen Masvidal, be knocked out like that and and honestly from what what i know what i know this uh this edwards fight did did better than most people are thinking it's not a huge number but maybe like in the 400 400 yeah, range probably say more like than 450 maybe. yeah yeah somewhere I've, I've heard four to five so yeah so the, and that and then even even you know as much as people want to talk about colby covington calling him a star and all that all that the first covington usman fight only did three twenty five, I think, on pay per view, three hundred twenty five thousand dollars, and that was with Max Holloway and Amanda Nunez as champions on the card in a loaded card. The second Usman, Usman Covington fight did seven hundred, eight hundred, somewhere around there. And you have to think, and those two fights came after the came after the two Masvidal fights. You have to think that that huge jump. I mean, they more than doubled. Oh yeah, the numbers yeah. more than doubled. You had to think that it was a ripple effect of Usman coming off the two Masvidal fights. So in other words, that trickle down effect to Usman, Usman, and now who knows it could trickle down to Edwards. So that's where Askren plays in, plays in on that. And on the uh, flyweight division, I'll get into the flyweight division. This is why I think UFC won the, won the trade. Another part of the reason, reason at the time when Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo were going to have a rematch, that was kind of when they were starting to cut these fighters, these fighters, the Brandon Moreno's, the, the, uh, uh, Nicolau's, the Dustin Ortiz's, the flyweight fighters, because they, they kind of thought Johnson was going to win, win that second pseudo fight. And then after that, it's like, what are we, this division's done. We have a champion that doesn't want to be here in Demetrius Johnson. We're just going to close the division and let him go. And, uh, then Cejudo wins that. And all of a sudden there's just that holding pattern pattern you kind of think that they were going to do a third fight between Cejudo and Johnson but then they worked this deal out Cejudo goes on and beats Dillashaw and all of a sudden that division now is is arguably one of the most exciting divisions in the UFC and now they have yeah they have two champions I I consider Brandon Marino more of the champion of the division pot and possibly because of everything going on in Figueredo and we don't know if he's going to defend the flyweight title but now you have a champion in Brandon Marino who's probably going to make the UFC more money than Demetrius Johnson ever would have because mm-hmm. he's that Mexican he's that Mexican UFC champion that they always yeah. want and that's the the effect of that alone right there is just incredible and he's yeah he's going to he's going to make the company more money than than Mighty Mouse did. Not a knock on Mighty Mouse. He just would no. he just never connected to the UFC audience. And, you know, and he's probably the he's probably one of the top five best fighters of all time. All time. Just he just never connected. And 
it showed. It showed they couldn't headline pay per views with him. They, you know, they they stuck him on Fox and did okay ratings, ratings, but he just wasn't a draw. And Moreno might actually become a draw, so that that trade off right there is a uh, was worth it too. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and and somebody that wants to argue with you might say, you know, oh well, you know, Masvidal could have knocked somebody else out, or you know, Johnson could have stuck around and Moreno could have knocked him out, but that's not what happened. You know, we got what we got, and I don't think. You know, Masvidal, you know, and, and Askren was the perfect matchup for something like that to happen because Askren was overconfident in his wrestling and he was going to go in for a takedown right away. And Masvidal was ready for it and hit him with that knee. And, you know, and, and Askren probably figured, you know, his chin would hold up and it didn't matter what Masvidal threw at him. And obviously he was wrong. Um, I, I just read some of these responses. Uh, Stamkos 96 uh, big Steve Stamkos fan, I assume. Uh, you know, kind of echoing what you say, both sides won. The UFC turned out Askren into the most iconic KO in history and made a ton of money off Jorge, Nate, and the Usman fights. One got a huge name, got Marais on the map for beating him and have a huge trilogy fight. Both sides should be happy. Um, and I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if you want to say dollars and cents, clearly um, UFC won. But I mean, you know, it, by that sense, one had no chance. Um, yeah, but yeah, UFC's always going to win in situations like this. So, uh, what did yeah, Jason Williams? Uh, this I think you were in on this. Uh, J- Jason Egg thirty three, the rise to superstardom for Jorge Masvidal worth it for DJ? Of course, you know that's what we've been talking about. Um, and yeah, and that's where you said yeah, Scott Fantano was. Uh, said good summation of the trade results would add that it allowed Cejudo to achieve some stardom as well, which we haven't really talked about. And, uh, and the UFC having a resurgence, we did talk about that. Um, and it was Mikey Bats. Uh, Mighty Mouse was used as a scapegoat by MMA fans to say flyweight sucked because he was levels above everyone when in reality, they simply lacked patience. I'm sure the UFC could have done more to promote him, but they only know so much. And uh, Mad... Mad Mike Logic at Mad Mike Logic said DJ and Cejudo never got the trilogy fight that DJ deserved. So we're getting the other side a little bit. Talent was right around the corner. DJ's fights were coming in. It's just the UFC making a mistake, but DJ coming back would be huge. So if he comes back, brilliant. If not, such a waste. I don't know if I agree with that. I would, <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with. I don't agree with that because because you know as somebody in the know, he wanted out of there. He wanted. Yeah. Away yeah. from the UFC, he. I, I think he, more he just about him done. coming back now. I don't really. I, I don't think he means. I don't. Anything. I don't even think he'll. I don't think he'll ever entertain coming back. Coming back, okay, he wanted go. gone so bad that like that. You know, it that shit to me that ship sailed when he left. When he left, so. So I um I did uh, I did check out this show. Um, I didn't watch the whole show. I watched. The, the heavyweight MMA fight on the main card, the one that kicked off the card, and then I, I went right to the main event because I didn't really care about the Muay Thai fights. And uh, then the the other heavyweight fight, I didn't really know either of the guys, so I didn't really care too much about it. And there was nothing on the prelims that really struck my... I, I looked, I kind of fast-forwarded through all of them and didn't see anything I noticed. I don't know about you, but the one app, like, did you watch it live or did you watch after the fact? I watched after the fact and I only watched okay. the, the main event. Do you did you do you do you, on when on, on the app that I use, which is the Apple TV? It's it's a bitch to fast forward. You have to go like ten seconds at a time. Did you do you have that, or were you able to like scroll with uh, the bar? No, I I was doing the Roku Amazon Prime Prime app, and it just fast forward as normal. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that was the one thing I didn't really like, but I guess I, I after a while I figured out that there was like a visual one, it still went 10 seconds, but it, you know, kind of like, if you just kind of want to fast forward and see the knockouts and stuff, you could do that. But overall, I, I really, really liked the show, like the presentation of it. Um, I thought like the video quality was top notch. Like it's right up there at UFC. Love the presentation and the entrances. It's very reminiscent of pride. I mean, I've watched UFC. I've watched one in the past, but it was always on the Fight Network, which is standard definition. So I got to see it in high def here, and and I really liked it. Um, Lenny Hart doing the intros before the show was was a nice touch, and um, and Mitch Chilson is like it's almost like a cartoon character, but in a good way. I I compared him to I said he was like a wish version of Mario Lopez. Um, but, but he's got so much enthusiasm and he just loves the product and, and it really comes off during the broadcast. Um, and, and in the, uh, the main event, I, so they judge everything as a whole, but, you know, I'm kind of still in my mind judging, you know, by round and trying to think of who's winning. And I don't know, going into the fourth round, like I kind of had Adriana Marias ahead, but it was really close. Demetrius had his moments in the second, particularly, um, but neither guy was really dominating, um, and then in the fourth round, Demetrius Johnson hits him minute 10, hit him with a punch that kind of knocked him loopy. And as he was falling down, he just hit him with a perfectly timed flying knee and, uh, and won and won the, uh, the belt back. And someone else pointed out that it was poetic because he lost his UFC title with the same move. So that, that was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. What, what did uh, you think? Here's a, here's the first question I have for you. How yeah. many, how many pounds heavier do you think Moraes was over Johnson? Fifteen, <laughs> maybe, 15. maybe more. He looked every bit of, he looked every bit of twenty five pounds. Heavier. Yeah, yeah. I will say that the that the one weigh in hydration system is an absolute farce. Oh yeah. I mean, Moraes, Moraes prior to that, they said he had failed the hydration test, test, and was and was not on weight. Then all of a sudden, hours <laughs> later, he had made weight and passed the hydration test. How oh, do you yeah. do that? How's that even possible? He didn't. How do you rehydrate, <laughs> pass a hydration te- test, and make weight when you weren't when you weren't when you were still over over while you're dehydrated? And they never and they and they don't do these weigh-ins in the public to where anybody sees. Yeah. No, no cameras, no nothing, no nothing. Yeah. Like it's a sham. It's a sham. Like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I've heard stories about this. It's an and this is just more proof. It's like it's an absolute sham. And there were so many fighters that were failing hydration and and we're missing weight and we're off weight and then all of a sudden we're we're you know passing hydration and making weight and well there was a bunch of fighters that missed weight too too overall. It's just their thing is a sham. But as far as the fight goes, I mean, I mean, I thought Marias was winning. And then Johnson had the had the great finish, and yeah, and I mean, yeah, poetic, very much like, very much like, Sahuda beat him, and and in the first fight, Marias finished, knocked Johnson out with a knee, with a knee as well. So, you know, two two knee knockouts. So maybe the third fight will will finish similar, or a little different. We'll see. Probably, yeah, early next year. Yeah, they've got, I think they got their next four or the, well, their next three shows lined up, like all the way through to one on Amazon four. And cause they're all on like the coming attractions tab or whatever, like you could see them. And the next fight, uh, the next show is September 30th um, from uh, and with Angela Lee headlining. So uh, I'll definitely check that out. And hopefully there's a few more fighters I'm familiar with on the card. 
um the the um the the other fight i watched the amir ali akbari and moro Cirilli, was um i mean it was fine it was not n- nothing to write home about we talked a little bit about amir ali akbari last year last week i think he's the guy that had lost to Merkel Krokop uh, about six years ago um yeah 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 that's right um and uh yeah and he he looked pretty good against Moro Cirilli. Cirilli was um I think he's a kickboxer mainly he doesn't hadn't done as well they said they said he wasn't as familiar in MMA but Amir Al-Ikbari actually has less fights than him but uh yeah I don't really kind of I wasn't taking too much of what any of them said very seriously. Like they come off very much like a, just like a hype train. Um, but it's entertaining. Um, they, they brought in uh, Michael Chavello for the main event. That's the only match he called, I think. Um, and, and he's always good. He's very, very fun to listen to. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's a, they treated like a big deal. They had a confetti celebration. They had the, they have the belt at ringside for the whole match, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, and it's, it's worth checking out, you know, if, especially on a weekend where there's nothing else going on, um, there, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I was impressed by the presentation and I, I think most people probably wouldn't know anything about what you were talking about, like in terms of the weigh-ins and all that, like, and I probably should have, yeah. but I, you know, I, I wasn't, it's kind of a little off the radar for me, but I did watch it and obviously they're not talking about that stuff on the broadcast. Um, yeah, they don't talk about the broadcast. That's stuff like, like yeah. you have to be following everything kind of really, really closely, especially on social social yeah. media. And I know you. It no, and it's not. I mean, it's MMA, not. You, you know, when it comes to MMA stuff, you're not the closest to following on. on no, like I mean, that, but, if I was watching it live, I probably would have. It would have been on yeah. my radar because, um, you yeah. know, like I follow the right people. It's just I'm not yeah. paying attention to it all day, kind of thing. Like you know, Caposa <laughs> and you this is, and this is stuff. This is stuff that was going on like early Thursday morning too. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But I'm like, but again, I, it's worth checking out. I, I think. And and yeah. to answer the question, I think we had last week. Like they, this definitely wasn't live um, because I was seeing results on my Twitter um, earlier in the day, and then I kind of learned. Okay, if I'm going to have this spoiled, you know, if I'm going to try to not have this spoiled. I better stay off of Twitter and that's not too hard for me to do anyways. But um, I, uh, I didn't have anything spoiled. So I went into this not knowing who had won. And so that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I think, you know, for, for a first showing on one and a lot of people were probably checking this out. I saw more people talking about this show than any one show maybe ever, like, you know, including the TNT stuff. Um, probably I would say maybe more people watching on TNT, but for whatever reason, I was seeing more about this. So, I mean, maybe, maybe there was more because I mean, everybody's got prime and, you know, and if you, you know, and, and there are a lot more in the news now because the NFL football is going to kick off in there in a couple of weeks. So, you know, people that didn't have it probably are getting it and it's right there on the main page when you click on it, like it's the first thing you see. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I think it might be a good move for them. Like, you had a comment on I saw on the F4W board where you said you wouldn't believe what they're getting for this, and I don't know if you're allowed to share. You know, you can tell me off air if you're not, but I, I, I assume like not much. <laughs> like, we'll just leave it at that. Not much. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Anything else you wanted to add on on this one? No. No. Like I said, I only watched the main event. Main event. That's that's the only thing that interests me on the show. So. Well, I definitely am interested in, (laughs) and I was trying to take the weekend off of MMA. So, yeah. So, but I I felt like I had to at least watch that. 
I'm definitely interested in the main event of the next show because it's uh, Angela Lee going for the the flyweight championship, which is really the strawweight championship. Uh, just having a quick look at the card. I do see a couple other names I'm familiar with. Martin Wynn and Timothy Nastyukin. I've seen both those guys fight before. Um, so I will, uh, I will definitely, I'll probably end up checking out this whole show and just skipping through the non MMA fights. There's a, there's probably be some more added, but between now and then, but, uh, yeah, so that was one, um, NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away, like maybe you like the bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We also watched the Contender series um, from last week, and uh, I missed the very beginning of the first fight, but I don't think I missed much. Um, and uh, I mean, long story short, uh, everybody got a contract. Um, there were finishes in the last four fights. The first fight went to a decision. Again, I was a little surprised that the winner got a contract, but Dana's generous these days. Um, and even the second guy, you know, he got a third round knockout, but he's pretty young in his career and, you know, six and oh, I thought maybe they'd say, you know, come back for another one and then we'll see you then. But no, they gave him one. He was just kind of gushing over all these people. Um, Darius Flowers was of all of them was probably the most impressive to me. Uh, he got a, uh, a shoulder, uh, shoulder slam, like his body slam that injured the guy's shoulder, almost like a, he, he, almost like a pile driver. He tombstoned him. He yeah. Tombstoned yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, dropped him on his. Like that's the close. That's the closest thing to shoot tombstone pile driver you'll you'll get in mixed martial arts. Yeah, like the guy tucked his head so he didn't go head first, but yeah, he landed right on his shoulder. But because he was touching the leg, it was legal. I think is what they said, because normally yeah. that would be a little illegal. Um, but but Darius yeah, claims, oh yeah, I knew what I was doing and um, <laughs> I've practiced this and all this stuff. I was like, God, I hope you're not practicing this. Um, but he cut a great promo after the after the fight, and uh, he's going to be a guy that uh, you know I think he's going to be real popular, kind of like a Kevin Holland type. Um, I, I get the feeling. Um, and then the rest of them, uh, you know, just whatever. They all got wins, and they were all finishes, and yeah, it, was, it was a fun watch. Got through it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't disagree with giving all five contracts. I mean, we're back, we're back in the thing that we thought week one. That- yeah. Maybe Dana would be stingy and, you know, and turns out, I mean, he's, he's not, I mean, if you get a finish, you're almost guaranteed to, to get a contract. And then, and then, you know, women, Denise Gomes. Yeah. She, she had good performance. Her girlfriend's on the UFC roster. makes it a little, a little easier to put, to give her a contract to have both. Who's her, her, her girlfriend? So, uh, Carol Hosa. Oh, right. They said that. And I didn't, I, they said her her partner, (laughs) Carol Rosa, and I was blanket. And I thought, I thought Carol Rosa was a guy because Carol Rosa could be guy or a girl, but yeah, Carol Rosa flyweight, right? 
Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. yeah I knew she yeah. was bigger anyways. Yeah. 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 Um, Cameron Simon. I mean, he's 20 years old. He's 20. Youngest, yeah. My God. Youngest, youngest guy on the roster, but he, he looks like he's going to be very exciting. And, and, uh, Jesus Aguilar, great finish. Darius flowers should obviously has everything, you know, the mouth, the performance, you know, he could be a star. And then Michael Parkin, he came up, uh, he almost got finished and then came back and got the rear naked choke. Choke, the fact that he almost got finished, I thought maybe Dana might not give him give him one just because – but he did pull the win out of his ass basically. So he kind of yeah. got to reward a guy guy for that. So, yeah, not surprised. Saman uh, was 20 on the day of the fight, and he turned 21 the next – actually, he turned 21 the day of the fight. I'm looking at this right now because he, he his birthday is August, August 23rd. 23rd. Yeah, which was the last yeah. Tuesday. So literally, uh, that would have been the first day he could go out in Vegas and celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> so and, well, and, and you know what he did right after the fight? Right after the fight, went right trained. He, he said, "I'm going to the." Yeah, did, I, yeah, yeah. And there's there was there was video evidence. He was right after he did his uh, little post fight scrum. He went next door to the PI and was already training. So yeah, so, I'll bet you after kid, that he went out and party. Something. I'll bet you after that. Yeah, he probably party. so. I, I hope so. I hope I so. Uh, yeah. I yeah. No kidding. Birthday at 21 in Vegas. You just got a UFC contract. He was so happy. Um, and they said, they mentioned there's going to be a 17 year old fighting in a couple weeks. I think if I heard them right. Yeah. 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 Good Lord. I forget the guy's name. Forget the guy's name, but yeah. 17 year old. Wow. Yeah. That was the one thing Dana said too. He was like all the, he was talking about how like all these guys that are young, 21, 22, 23, like they, he never even would have looked at them until they were like 26, 27, but they're coming in and they're ready. So, you know, you might as well put them on. Um, the, the other thing that was notable here, I think, I think the last four were all underdogs that one. Um, and, uh, they're really, they really talk about the betting a lot no. on these shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I did win a little bit of money. I, I put money on Darius Flowers, and I think I had money on Aguilar. I mean, no, maybe it was Simon. Simon. Let me just check the odds on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely yeah. Simon. I had money on Simon and Flowers. And then I had also bet on Neves and Ferreira, but they lost. So um, yeah, yeah, and back to day, back to Dana talking about all these uh, young young people. You got to think, you know, people who were born in. 98, 99, 2000, and later, later, by the time they were, you know, five, six, seven years old, Ultimate Fighter is a big deal. Like these yep. kids, they they grow up, and UFC is a big, big deal. It's kind, of, you know, and and you know, I want to do something. I want to be a baseball player. I want to be a football player. I want to be a professional wrestler. Now it's I want to be a UFC fighter in the conversation of kids that were born born in that era. So now these kids are starting training younger younger they're doing wrestling younger and they're doing jujitsu younger so you're gonna have you know you know like you see the you see the 18 19 you know 20 year old baseball studs that are that come in you know the case ones you know your juan soto's your julio rodriguez's you know vlad guerrero's fernando tatis tatis's these guys that are ready to play at the highest level when in their early 20s and now you're going to see it with with fighters who are ready to go at the highest level in their early 20s it's just and that's what we're going to see probably for the next you know 20 25 years at least yeah they get in with the right camp when they're you know like 15 16 you know and and then by the time they're 20 21 22 they've been rolling with like world champions for you know five years and and they're training in mma they're not training in wrestling excuse me, or jujitsu or, 
you know, uh, judo. I mean, they're doing all those disciplines, but they're training they're, specifically they're training to be UFC mixed fighters. Martial arts. They're yeah. training mixed martial arts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I got this coming week's show up here. Uh, nobody, I believe, that I'm that familiar with. A uh, f- few undefeated fighters. In fact, two of them are fighting each other. Uh, Matej Peñas and Cedrique Dumas. I wonder if he's any relation to Amy Dumas. Probably not, judging by the picture. Um, and uh, the... Um, yeah, the main event is uh, Yusaka Konashita and Jose Enrique at a welterweight. Looks interesting. Uh, one Canadian guy on here. Just checking. Oh, yeah. You know what? I would have. Yeah, I, de- I did Morgan see him. him. Yeah, Al- uh, Alex yeah. Morgan. He fought Charles Jordan on a TKO 45. I definitely watched that show. And I watched TKO yeah. 43 as well with, where he won. So he's got a win over TJ Laramie, who's a UFC fighter. So he's probably somebody to look yeah. out for. Yeah. Yeah, he's fighting Blake Builder, CF, CFFC, CFFC champion. So I know both wow. those guys, and I know, and I know Dumas. He uh, he's from uh, Jorge Masvidal's Icon promotion. So six and zero, no, very impressive. No relation to Amy though. Dude. No. Okay. All right. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, and uh, women's fight, uh, two und- another actually battle of undefeated strawweights, uh, Victoria Dudakova and Maria Silva uh, at strawweight. So that should be a, a 15 minute boring fight that Dana will give one of them a contract to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Tuesday. Uh, uh, that's uh, Maria later Silva today. Maria, yeah, Maria Silva was on Contender Series last year and won oh, the yeah? decision and didn't get a contract. Oh. So, Shocking. Oh, yeah, we watched that one. We talked about it. Uh, Catherine Paprocki. I remember that one, actually, because um, yeah. I, I was familiar with Paprocki. Uh, probably had money on her. Um, so that is uh, that is Tuesday. Uh, later today, as you're listening, on uh, ESPN Plus or TSN in Canada. And uh, you can check that out. So it's week six. We got four more weeks after this. And then we get to take a break on our Tuesday nights. Um, and uh, I, think, I think that's it. So do we... Yeah, so you know what? Before we do our preview, uh, we you had come up with three questions, and uh, so um, I guess question number one: Will UFC two seventy nine actually be the the last UFC fight for Nate Diaz? I'll answer first. I'll say yes for now, but I would never say never. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no. Uh, I mean, you know, I I don't. Even there was already talk about Dana was already talking about if Nate Diaz beat Kamzat Chimaev that he might get the first title shot at Leon Edwards. It's crazy as that sounds. Well, but I mean, but but I mean, money talks and keeping Nate is still a priority for them. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, you know, and these are three questions for uh, for the month of September, but one of them is yeah. not. But, uh, well, one but, of yeah, yeah but, one of them is yeah. not. Yeah, one of them is for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I don't believe he's done with the UFC, and I'll just kind of leave it at that for now. Okay. Um, and uh, then I guess uh, the second question is: Will we finally get a John Jones fight announcement? What do you think? I think the month of September will bring it. Will finally bring us a John Jones fight announcement. You know, there's like I mentioned on the show last week. There's rumblings of December, nothing official, but I, I'm feeling pretty pretty positive that he's going to fight December, and I'm feeling pretty positive they're gonna they're gonna announce it this this month and possibly. 
possibly, possibly as soon as Vegas next week, or, uh, next not this upcoming weekend, but next weekend when they do you UFC two seventy nine. I I kind of think there might be an announcement that weekend, weekend. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty positive that we're gonna get a John Jones fight announcement this month. I will agree, and I'll also say I'll I'll even go on a limb and say it's going to be against Francis and Ganu. I don't know when, but I think I think that they're going to announce both of them because I just I don't know. To me, I just Stipe and Jones doesn't do it for me. I mean, they could obviously do it, and it doesn't really matter because it's Jones. But I just I think it's going to be Francis. Um, okay, and then our third question uh, is, and this this might tie into some of our news a little bit later on, but um, what three UFC fights are you most looking forward to over the rest of the year, and what one non-UFC fight are you most looking forward to? So um, do you want to do these like one by one or just all three at once? Just do, just do the, all three UFC fights at once, and then, and then after okay. we both go, we'll do the other one. Well, okay, so, so well, I, I do. You, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Go. Ahead. Okay, because I mean, we might have the same three. Um, I mean, the first one would be Comzat uh, uh, and Nate. I mean, I just and not. I I don't think it's going to be the best fight of the night. It might not even be very good, but you can. I mean, both these guys are must see TV, and they're fighting each other. So um, that to me, that's a no brainer. Uh, my second one is Adesanya and Pereira at MSG. Um, that's going to be just insane. And then uh, I believe my third fight, and I'll leave one for you um, because it would be kind of the same. Is is it is hasn't even officially been announced yet, but um, it's it would be. Is it the the other fight on that uh, MSG show that uh, it's Chandler and Poirier, right? Is that the one? I'm t- talking about a fight that yeah. may not even be. Yeah, Chandler and Poirier. Yeah. If it happens, is the is the other one? Uh, is my three that I'm most looking forward to in UFC. Although the last well, one isn't well, official D- yet. Dustin Poirier has Dustin Poirier on Twitter has said he's fighting November 12th. So okay, well, I'm looking at the card on Wikipedia and it's not on there yet, but that's why i wasn't sure but i i'm, yeah. I'm gonna go with that and say because yeah. i mean all these fights you know until until they actually have might not happen as as we saw last week with yeah. rock and cost and not actually <laughs> yeah <Shut up>. um, <laughs> okay what are your three i left one specifically for my you. three ufc fights my three ufc fights uh one of them is uh charles Oliveira and islam makachev of course just because Oliveira is incredible and i want to see what he does against makachev because makachev is a great takedown artist but he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to hang with oliver on the feet but is oliver gonna be able to submit him i think that's a big question so that one (coughs) number number two uh it's not official but uh it's rumored heavily rumored but uh uh december ufc what 282 uh yeah if the rematch between yuri and glover happens then i mean the first the first fight is one of my favorite fights ever and one of the best fights in ufc history and in mma history and i just just if it compares at least 50 percent to that first fight it's still gonna, it'll be a great fight so that one i'm looking forward to and uh yeah you you kind of took two of them that I was debating for your three, <laughs> for your three, three. I mean, 
I'm I'm jazzed up about Poirier and and Gate and uh, not Poirier uh, Poirier and Chandler and the same with Izzy and Pereira. But my third is if John Jones fights in December, either against Stipe or Francis, uh, that's going to be my third. Uh, just because I'm I'm anxious to see John Jones again, and I want to see what he does at heavyweight. And if it's against Naganu, that's that's insane that that would happen in December. And even if it's against Stipe, I mean Stipe is great. Uh, just uh, but I want I want to see what John Jones does. You know, we're going to be coming up on three years away by the time he returns, and just in a heavyweight, I just and regardless of regardless of all the shit he has done and been through, he's still one of the best to ever step inside the octagon. So I just want to see. I'm just eager to see him back. Okay, so we got our we got our three. Now I just want to go over a few fights that we didn't mention before we get to our non UFC UFC. So I I just quickly scanned and I might be missing a few here, but some of the ones we didn't pick that could have picked: Daniel Rodriguez and Kevin Holland. It's going to be a great fight. Tony Ferguson and Li Jing Lang on that same card. Giga Chikadze and Sodiq Youssef. Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw for the bantamweight title. Uh, Dustin Jacoby and Khalil Roundtree, I think, is going to be a big fight. Edson Barboga and Ilya Tapura. And Molly McCann and Aaron Blanchfield. I had to get that one in there. Um, might be the women's fight I'm most looking forward to over the, uh, the next four months. Um, and then for non-UFC, um, Bellator just announced a bunch of, like, basically the rest of their year, I think. Um, five cards, uh, five five um uh cards yeah uh dublin long beach yeah. milan chicago and mohegan sun which is like their home base um so but i think for my non-ufc fight i'm gonna go away from uh bellator and go with um pfl and uh kayla harrison and larissa pacheco um just because it's kayla harrison um i i wish it was cyborg but unfortunately it's not going to be I, I don't know if that's still going to be on pay-per-view. And even though I'm saying I'm looking forward to it, there's no chance in hell I'm paying for it. So I may not see it, <laughs> but I'm interested in the result. Um, and I, I don't feel guilty about not buying the pay-per-view, even though we do this show because I buy all the UFC ones and I'm not spending money on a PFL pay-per-view. Um, what uh, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with a Bellator fight uh, happening in Chicago in November. And the uh, Patrick E. Pitbull against Usman Nurmagomedov. Yeah, um, that's, I was Pat, looking at that Patrick one. E., he, yeah, I don't think he's as good as his brother, but he's still really, really good. And Usman Nurmagomedov, I mean, it's a hybrid of two of the hybrid name of two of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but but he's he's really good. And I I think he's going to destroy Pitbull. I you know just I uh, think he's the Bellator lightweight champion, you know, in waiting and it might be crazy. I mean, I mean, Habib's two boys, Usman, you know, cousin Usman. And then, you know, you know, Makachev, they could both be holding the two major lightweight titles by the, by the end of the year. So, yeah. Well, we, we have, um, his, his brother is, is fighting. Uh, he's fighting in, uh, in Long Beach against Adam Borix, uh, which is a featherweight title fight. And yeah, uh, we got AJ McKee too. as well, fighting Spike Carlisle, former UFC fighter, and Aaron Pico. That lightweight. 
Yeah, lightweight. lightweight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, McKee's right. moving up to lightweight. Yeah, and uh, Aaron Pico and Jeremy Kennedy, uh, former another former uh, UFC uh, fighter, uh, Canadian guy. So th- that's actually a pretty stacked card on on October first. Yeah, and um, and and what and one Archie led against Enrique Barzola too on that card. Oh yeah, so it's basically all almost all UFC against uh, yeah. Bellator. Um, and I noticed yeah. on the uh, Milan show, in, it's that one's going head to head with the UFC as well. Fight night, yeah. Um, and then I yeah. noticed uh, they got on uh, on the Milan card. They've got Adam Piccolotti against uh, Man- Mansoor. Is that is that the guy in uh, Maximum Male Models, or is that somebody else? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know the answer to that. Okay. Well, he's, I'm sure he's a better better fighter than the other one. Um, all right. And Fabian, you're talking to somebody who you're talking to somebody who doesn't watch Smack, who doesn't watch Smack, SmackDown. But yeah, I know who the Maximilian models are. I don't even. But yeah. yeah. And Fabian on that show too. I, th- I think that's Fabian Eichner, but he changed his name to uh, Giovanni Vici because they're fighting in Italy. Um, all right. So that is, no, this our is question. This is Fabian. I know Edwards. it's a different that's, guy. That's Fabian Edwards, and it's. Leon's brother. Leon's brother. Oh, is it? Yeah, For real? He's in he's in Leon. Yeah, he was in Leon's corner during the title fight too. Yeah. So here I'm making a joke and there's actually a really good story there. Um okay. Yeah. So yeah, Fabian Leon Leon will probably be there. Um all right. Yeah, and so, yeah, so that is uh that's that's our three questions. And then yeah, we already did the contender series stuff. So UFC uh back with just a banger of a show. Um, not really. Uh, but the top two fights are like awesome, and then real, real heavy drop off after that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's their UFC debut in France. Probably have a really hot crowd. Um, although Bellator has run there a few times, but this is the first time that they'll have UFC, and I assume it's sold out. Uh, it is. Where are they? Where are they even? Oh, the Accor Arena. I guess that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Really. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of French fighters or fighters with French names. Um, for French backgrounds, you know, like French Canadian guys and stuff, European. To me, it kind of looks like, you know, the the kind of shows that they would do in Europe that aren't uh London shows, because the London shows are always kind of special, but these are all like just a bunch of European fighters that you've never heard of against, you know, occasionally like somebody you have heard of, but a lot of these are like two people you never heard of. Um, but um or I shouldn't say a lot, but a few. But uh, yeah, main event is a big, real big heavyweight fight. Uh, Cyril Gaon, uh just coming off fighting for the interim uh, heavyweight, or he was the interim uh, heavyweight champion, beat Derek Lewis. And uh, going up against Tai Tuivasa, uh, biggest fight in the career for Tai Tuivasa. Tuivasa's on, anyway, when I was doing my research, he's actually on a pretty good roll right now. He's won like five in a row. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of there because gone so good, but, uh, this is a pretty intriguing fight to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, gone might be the, uh, the best technical fighter at heavyweight. Um, he's got just a style that is different and, you know, boring if you, if you mm-hmm. want to be honest, but, uh, very effective, but, and Ty, we know Ty five, Five straight wins, five straight knockouts. You know what he's looking for. He's he's looking to knock you out and drink a beer beer out of a shoe right afterwards. And he hits harder, hard. And uh, I mean, we saw gone. He never really got tagged by Francis when they fought. I mean, he got hit, but I wouldn't say he got hit with the hardest punches 
that Francis has ever thrown. And Ty might be a little bit of a different story and uh, be very interesting. If I'm gone, I'm going to take this down as early and as often as I can because Ty is lost on the ground. On the feet, it could go either way. Gone's gifted kickboxer. Ty hits hard. Uh, it's a very intriguing fight. We've <sighs> never seen we've never seen Gone finished. Obviously, he's only got the one loss yeah. and it was by decision to Francis. So um, you know, and, and he's obviously he's not really even been hit all that hard. And he's been in there with hard hitters. Obviously, Derek yeah. Lewis, Yarzen Zero, Rosenstruck, Junior Dos Santos, you know, like these guys can hit. Uh, even Dantal Mace, you know, it's got got a little bit of power. And um and 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 you know he's managed to hold all those off, and so you know I think that's why. Like Gon's a huge favorite. Plus he's in his home country, um, you know, and that's going to mean something to him for sure. Um, and uh, you know, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm I, when you know when we do our ROI picks, like spoiler alert, like there's a lot of value in Tai Tuivasa just because he's such a huge underdog, and you know it's not often you see a guy with five straight knockout wins as a big underdog, especially when those are in the UFC, but you know, that's where we're at because yeah. gone is, I, you know, he might be the second best fighter in the division right now, especially considering um, uh, Jones hasn't fought there yet. And he fought the champion, yeah. you know, the th- five rounds. Yeah. The thing I see about gone is he just, he seems to take his opponents out of their comfort levels. Yes. It's like, they, yeah. it's like they step aside across from them and they freeze and what they're good at. They just can't, get against gone and maybe Ty will be different just because he just because all Ty is is coming straight for you for you and punching you as hard mm-hmm. as he can uh i do think if uh Ty wins this fight gets upset and wins this fight they will hold him out until they can give him a title shot which would be definitely deserved if he wins six straight and he wins it again by knockout and, and against the guys he's knocked out like you have to give that guy a title shot Gone, and then I you know it's Gone like win. who, yeah, like against Jones, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. against whoever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hold them off as long as you can, as long as you can. You know, if you have to, if you have to ice them until July of next year, just do it. But uh, yeah, you know, just pay I mean, him well, pay him well to sit around. And as far as Gone, I think if Gone wins this, he's probably looking at Curtis Blades next. To be honest, yeah, I don't think it's yeah, because final shot off of this. So we we haven't seen those two fight yet, eh? Gone in blades. No, no. Yeah. So yeah, that's I nope, mean that's obviously the fight. And you wouldn't want a chance to Ivasa against Blades. I think yeah, that that no, makes sense. No, you don't yeah, do that fight. You don't. No. Yeah. Uh, and then the next fight, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori, they've both lost twice to Israel Adesanya, and if you take Israel Adesanya out of the mix. Robert Whitaker hasn't lost in eight years and Marvin Vittori hasn't lost in six years. Like, you know, like these guys are maybe the second and third best uh, middleweights in, in the world. Um, you know, I mean, they've, they both only lost to the best. So, um, and, and obviously this, you know, whoever wins this one probably be in line for a third fight, especially if it's Robert Whitaker. Um I, and and again, like I to me on paper, it feels like Whitaker is a bigger fight, but I think Vittoria is just somebody we always underrate. Yeah, I think Whitaker is levels above Vittori, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm, I, he's and that's not a knock on Vittori, but Whitaker, Whitaker is so damn good, and I still think he's 
I still don't think he gets the props or being as good as he is. As crazy as mm-hmm. it sounds, you know, being being a former champion and being a top guy for so many years. Not to say Vittori's bad, but Vittori, you know, he struggled. He, you know, as much as he wants to talk about, oh, I beat Izzy both times. He struggled against Adesanya. He didn't win either one of those fights, and I think he's going to struggle against Whitaker because Whitaker, you know, he doesn't have the kickboxing that Izzy does, but he has. The bo- he has great boxing, great hands, great movement on his feet, excellent wrestling. It's just all the tools. Like if if you're going breaking down this fight, like like wrestling, I'd put Whitaker advantage, striking Whitaker advantage, conditioning which Whitaker advantage. Whitaker just has all the advantages over Vitt- Vittori, and uh, Vittori will make it a make it a dog fight. He always does, and you know and he always does kind of crazy stuff, but. I just see Whitaker's levels above, and that'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with Robert Whitaker if he wins. He was talking about today. He did an interview today, yesterday, somewhere somewhere within the last few days, where he's been openly talking about light heavyweight moving to light heavyweight. So mm. that might be what happens next. Whoa, and wow, he honestly, feels if small. he does move to light heavyweight, he feels small, but he also at the same time he says he says he's he's walking around at low light heavyweight and he feels like he could build up the muscle to do okay. that. Cause he's a former welterweight. He, yeah. He's a former welterweight. It's crazy. It's crazy, but he's, 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 he's gotten to be where he's a big middleweight now. So maybe okay. he could do it, you know, he'd be on the smaller end into light heavyweights, but maybe that would give him an advantage at light heavyweight. You know, some of these, some of these top light heavyweights right now don't feel like they're, they're huge guys anymore. They feel you know, they're not, you know, they're not Cormier yeah. or John Jones. They're yeah, you know, cutting like 30 Yuri, pounds Yeah, here he's a big dude, big dude. But uh, the rest of them, they feel like they feel like they're guys that are about 220, 225. So, I mean, if he could fit, you know, if he could. There's a picture today of Dominic Reyes and Alex Pereira training together. And Reyes is the light heavyweight and Pereira is the middleweight. And Pereira looked bigger. Than Ray is crazy. Wow. Okay. You know, yeah. So, so I mean, like overall, I think Reyes's arms looked a little bit bigger, but like body wise, you know, Pereira looked bigger. So maybe light heavyweights just aren't as big as they used to be. So maybe Whitaker would have success there. But uh, yeah, I, I just think he's levels above Vittori. The one thing I would say is uh, if you're into prop bets, bet on this one going the over. Because Marvin Vittori has never been finished, and I don't see him knocking out Robert Whitaker, so I, I expect this one to go 25 minutes, and you know probably well, it's only 15, to win it's, it's only, or 15. It's only oh, there, three round fight. oh, right, yeah, yeah. So with it being a that, three round fight, I would, I would definitely yeah. take the over on that. If it, yeah, if it's, it's definitely like going 15 and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're probably not getting great odds on that, but you know, maybe just go Whitaker by decision. I, I wouldn't even go Whitaker to win. Just go Whitaker by decision if, if you want to put a bet on. Um, and then the rest of the card, like I said, there there's not much here. Obviously, I'm pumped for the uh, Charles Jordan fight, but um, other than that, um, there's there's not there's not a ton here. But uh, try to come up with three fights uh, for us here. Oh, that's that's easy for me. That's easy for me. That's okay. Hard. I think you're I think you're undervaluing the card a little bit. Okay, well, tell tell me. Uh, first one, I have no idea why this is buried in the middle of the prelims. It should be on a main card, but middleweight fight: Nasruddin Imavov and Joaquin Buckley. We all know Joaquin Buckley highlight reel 
highlight real knockouts, but uh, he's he's on a roll. On a roll, I think. I'm uh, trying to pull it up. I think he's won three, three straight. Yeah, three straight, and five of his last six. He's coming off the TKO win over Albert Derive in June, and Imavov is ranked twelfth at middleweight, and not and not on the main card of a fight night show on ESPN Plus. That just that doesn't make sense. But he's he's a uh, He's three and one in the UFC. Uh, he's coming off two straight wins. Last time we saw him was at MSG last year. He uh, finished Edmund Shabazian with elbows in the second round. Uh, this is a pretty good. This is this should be higher on the card, and it's a solid matchup on any card. And and I get why they're doing it in France because I think Imovov, yeah, Imovov's from France, so it makes sense. But yeah, I don't. I don't get the placement on the card, card of where it's at, but that's definitely a great fight. Uh, number two, featherweight fight, open the main card, Charles Jordan against Nathaniel Wood. Uh, this this should be an exciting fight. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Charles Jordan is always an entertaining fight. Nathaniel Wood, uh, is, you know, he's a solid fighter. He's coming off, a, off of a win in uh, England. Both these guys. Both these guys coming back really super quick after fighting in, in late July. You know, Wood Wood had his featherweight debut where he had a decision over Charles Rosa, and then Jordan's coming off that brutal fight where he just barely lost to uh, Shane Burgos. But yeah, that's a that's a hell of a fight. And the third fight is going to be a lightweight fight: John McDessie against Nazareth Hackbreast. Uh, this one kind of has a little bit of a story, but. Story behind it. <laughs> okay, what's that, the story? What's that big? Uh, well, I just John McDessie. Yeah. I have no time for him. But um, t- tell yeah, tell me I the know story. You, I know you have no time for them for him. But Hackbrast is a uh, trains at TriStar, where McDessie used to train before he had a big falling out with the gym. So, uh, so yeah, that there could be a little bit of a, a little bit of heat there. You know, Magde- uh Hackbrast trying to get revenge on uh, McDessie. They've been spoke. They've been scheduled to fight once or twice before, and it's always fall, falling through. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, Magdessi, he's from – he's ripped a lot of people off <laughs> in mm-hmm. MMA with his with his sponsors and with the Fear of the Fighter old old uh, clothing line. But, uh, but, yeah, but, you know, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting fight because both these, both these guys, when it comes to actually inside the octagon action, they're both pretty entertaining. So that should be a good fight. Yeah, I mean, that's the three fights I would have picked too. Um, you know, the only other one that really jumps out at me is the Dustin Stolzfus and uh, I was Mega <laughs> um, All right, so for my three fights for ROI, and again, that there is like, there's a lot of fights here where there's like no value on either side, um, and and it was it was actually tough to find three to even recommend, but. Actually, as much as it pains me to say, John McDessey is uh, got a fifteen point nine percent ROI, plus one seventy underdog against Nazrat in the fight you just talked about, and he's got a two and three record as an underdog. So um, you know there, there's a little bit of value there. Uh, Robert Whitaker is actually a thirty seven point seven percent ROI. Of course, he's a favorite over Marvin Vittori, and minus two thirty favorite, and he's got a six and one record as a favorite. So there's there's good value there. And in the main event, I mentioned earlier, Tai Tuivasa, 19.3% ROI. So a lot of times on these cards, like the three will all be like over 50%, and the highest tier is 37.7. That's why I said like there's not a ton here to go with, but 
Um, Tui Vasa is right now a plus 400 underdog, and he's got a one and one record as an underdog. So if you're, you know, it's 50 50 and you're getting plus 400 odds, that's that's why he's got a positive ROI. And I, I still say, you know what, he's got a puncher's chance, and and at plus 400, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to put a bet down on him because that's even a bigger underdog than Leon Edwards was against. Um, Kamaru Usman so and if I lose well you know what I'm still ahead on the two bets so um yeah so that is that and uh take us through the rest of this card with a bunch of fun names to pronounce that nobody's ever heard of yeah (laughs) yeah there there was a lot of there was a lot of late changes to this and obviously obviously trying to find fighters to fight in Paris France on short notice it's it's a very hard task so yeah you're gonna you're going to see a lot of unrecognizable names, but 12 fights overall. Everything's on ESPN Plus. Uh, okay. Prelims kick off at 12 Eastern time, main card at 3 Eastern time. But so this is going head to head with uh, it's going head to head with Clash of the Castle, right? I think. I guess, yeah. College yeah. football. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's probably College the bigger football, deal. But... Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, so I completely forget. Completely forgot about Clash of the Castle. That's how into oh, not me. Man. Not me. I'm I'm pumped, man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, it starts off with a women's featherweight fight. Uh, Stephanie Egger against Allen Island Perez. However, said that this is a uh, Egger's coming in on like a week and a half notice. Uh, fighting at featherweight, Egger just fought a few weeks ago. She was the loser in that Myra Buena Silva submission that Silva claimed Egger tap, and Egger would would not say whether or not she tapped or not. And we and I was saying like like you know calling out her for sportsmanship and was thinking they might let her go, but they gave, but she gets a short notice fight and may, you know, she loses this one. She might be gone, but anyway, that kicks off the card. Then we have a bantamweight fight. Khalid Taha against Christian Quinones. Uh Taha was originally supposed to fight Taylor Lapalus. And I was looking forward to that fight because Lapalus was a guy who was in the UFC for a little bit, several years ago. It was three and one, but they inexplicably didn't resign him. But they had resigned him to return in France, but unfortunately he got injured. And uh, Cadonez is coming on short notice, but uh, Taha really needs to win. I think he's winless. Like his last four UFC fights, kind of surprised he got another shot. So he's fighting for his job. Then we have a lightweight fight: Benoit Saint Denis against Gabriel Miranda. Another short notice uh, switch. Gabriel Miranda coming in late. For his UFC debut, didn't we have the middleweight fight I was talking about? Nasruddin Imavov against Joaquin Buckley. Then we have a lightweight fight for for Azim against another short notice replacement. We call Figlak. Figlak's eight and zero. He's he's looked very impressive. I think he's eight and zero, something like that. He's undefeated. No, that he's looked looked impressive. So uh, should be a decent fight. Then we have middleweight fight, uh, closing out the prelims, Abu Smagomedov against Dustin Stolzfus. And then main card kicks off with the featherweight fight, Charles Jordan against Nathaniel Wood. There's another featherweight fight between two debuting fighters. This fight came together like a couple days ago, William Gomis against Jarno Ahrens. Then we have lightweight fight, John McDess against Nazra Akbras. Middleweight fight, Lucio DiCirico against Roman Kopilov. And then we have the top two fights, Whitaker, Vittori, and then Gon and Tuivas in the main event. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as you said, a lot of French fighters, a lot of uh, you know European fighters, and uh, I, I mean it'll be fun, I think. But uh, I'm just yeah. not completely jazzed about this one. But I will watch, and I'll probably enjoy it a lot. I'm I'm most intrigued by the crowd, to be honest with you. Um, 
you know, because yeah. I've uh, I've seen shows from France before and Bellator and the crowd is, you know, really gets behind their their local fighters. And I just got to think that in UFC, it's going to be magnified like 10 times. But we'll see. Um, OK, so we've got some news. I'm just uh, trying to get back here. Sorry, I was on uh, Eileen Perez's uh, Instagram while you were talking there. Um, and uh, so we've got some news. You you got Nick Diaz. Uh, his brother's fighting in a few weeks, but uh, Nick Diaz is also looking for a fight. And back on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he got it. I think he got his Twitter account hacked or taken away months ago, but it, he's back and active on Twitter, and he wants to fight again. Uh, I don't know that he'll fight before the end of the year, but I would say there's a good bet he fights again next year. So uh, that's that's that. I mean, you know, he did wants, that have anything? He wants to, to fight. Do- so. Did that have anything to do with your um, like speculation that we might not be done with Nate, or do you think they're you know that they're mutually yeah. exclusive? I think if I think if Nick comes back and continues to fight in the UFC, it it influences Nate in a way. So okay, that's I was going to ask you that so. then, but I didn't want to spoil the news. So okay, yeah. um, and uh, Beltor, we kind of went over this, but. Uh, the I had to, oh I just deleted it actually but what what were the I assume you got them there uh, the well I kind of went over them already didn't I the Long Beach we already and, went on, we already really went yeah. over them so okay uh, UFC yeah, think, is I think going, the only one I think the only one the only one we didn't really hit was December 9th, the Mohegan Sun which is yeah. the uh, semifinals of the Bantamweight Grand Prix the main event is the interim champion Rafael Stotts against Danny Sabatello and then you have Patchy Mix against um, Magomed Magomedov. So, hey, when uh, speaking of tournaments, we they've never done a middleweight one. And when I had Aaron Jeffrey on and was talking to him, I I kind of brought up the idea. Hey, maybe they'll do a maybe they'll do a middleweight tournament next, and you got a chance to win a million bucks. You think there's any chance of that? Who who knows? I mean, it just it always depends on how many fighters they have they have available for tournaments, and if it and if the tournament would mean something. You know, I think I think yeah, they, so they do. You maybe know, they, when I was maybe they might. I mean, they might do it without with Gegard not being champion now because it yeah changes up things. So I was looking at. I actually got I, it right here. They from the other day because I I did a picture. I mean, you look at their their list. I mean, okay, the champions: Johnny Eblen, You got Gegard. You got Fabian Edwards, John Salter, Dalton Rosta, Aaron Jeffrey, Austin Vanderford, Lorenz Larkin. I mean, you know, uh, there's your eight right there. I mean, you know, for a yeah, tournament, and, and you gotta, you gotta have a few backups. So, you know. yeah, well, I mean, maybe it, further down maybe, the rankings, Lorenz, Lorenz, uh, Romero, Cotton, Anthony Adams. Um, it's probably. A few I I'm mean, it's, I here's here would be an interesting one if they wanted to do that, do that, and it's somebody who's fighting on the Dublin card. But if Yoel Romero, him and Melvin Manhoff are supposed to fight on right. Dublin, but if uh, Yoel wants to go back to 185, I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, put them in that tournament. That could be to me, too. like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And they've never done one at that at that weight class. So, um, yeah, and and then yeah, if if uh, our boy Aaron can have a chance at a million bucks, like when I when I, you know what, I I had said to you, like, you know, he's kind of a little subdued. I think he just could finish a training session and stuff, and he was very nice and gracious with his time and everything. But he wasn't like super like energetic or anything. But when I brought up a million dollars, his ears kind of perked up, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that's that's life changing money. Yeah. Uh, especially for a Canadian, that's you know that's like a million five. Um, so uh, yeah, and then uh, 
we got uh, UFC is uh, Orlando in December. So is that the pay-per-view or is that another fight night? Okay. So, uh, yeah, these are all fight night stuff. Uh, I got some good news and some really bad news for all the listeners. The one good okay. news is wow. uh, December December 3rd, uh, UFC fight night is going to be in Orlando, Florida. Florida. Uh, and as far as like the pay-per-views the rest of the year, we know September's in Las Vegas. Uh, October is in Abu Dhabi, uh, November in Madison Square Garden, and December in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, but as far as the rest of the Fight Night events for the year, outside of December 3rd in Orlando, they're all going to be at the Apex Good for the Lord. rest of the year. No more. Yeah. So so <laughs> all, three, all three Fight Nights in October and uh, both Fight Nights in November and December, they're all in – they're all in the, are, are the one in December, not Orla, on Orlando. Yeah, they're all at the apex. So do you, do you think that's uh, some real you, bad news? Yeah. Do you think the reason they haven't booked anything in Canada yet is because of our stupid vaccination laws? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. All right. Because, uh, because yeah. there's, I mean, you could do, you could do, you can load it up with Canadians. Yeah, and all that, but you have to find. The right fighters, the right fighters who can who can get in, who can get in. That's also another thing that why surprises me about all those shows at the Apex. There was talk about doing a November card in Sweden, and that fell apart. But I mean, there's it just. I think Sweden might have the who, same rules as we do. Yeah, they might. They might. I don't know the rules on every country. Yeah, I just but do know it, there's a lot of international. I do yeah. know there's a lot of international fighters who can't get in the United States because they they won't take the vaccination. I'm not going to say anything about yeah. that vaccination that's their choice everybody it's everybody's own personal to personal choice on there but that does it still plays havoc on trying to sort out where events are happening and who can fight where and i yeah i do think i do think the reason they haven't come back to canada uh is partially because of partially because of the vaccination laws laws and all that and partially because of they, when they go back, they're going to Toronto first, and getting a day at Scotia Bank Arena is very hard right now. Because oh yeah, that arena yeah. is pretty, is booked pretty big through the rest. Well, yeah, through, because through through the end of NHL and NBA season at least. Yeah, and then you've also got concerts which have been backed up for the last yeah. three years. So, um, you yeah. know, between all that, and then I think they even have. Um, like there's stuff like uh, you know lacrosse and like there's there's little little things that you don't even think about that that they're using it yeah. for junior hockey and so yeah, yeah. Um, they, but yeah and, they'll they'll get and, back here eventually and this is a and this is a general state of arenas in in the United States it's very hard to get venues and I know like everybody's bummed about the apex but UFC only wants to run big venues right now mm-hmm. like I said last week they could run some of these midside mid-sized venues in these you know mid-level markets you know go to oklahoma city or tulsa oklahoma or you know broomfield colorado wichita kansas you know fargo you know, raleigh north carolina <laughs> yeah yeah so, so you know some stuff with like you know and i think they'll still do well selling tickets there but they seem to just want to go to big cities and big arenas and trying to do that right now right now you know it's hard well, I guess maybe 2023 we can hope. All right. Uh, Colby, Coving- Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal updates. Yeah. Dana White said they're working on getting a fight for both of them. Both of them are ready to return. Uh, 
we were going to play a little guessing game here. Uh, it, I think we'll, we'll each go on a, okay. who you think they're going to book next. Uh, first, uh, Masvidal, if, if it were up to you, who would you book him against next? Conor McGregor. Conor? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be that'd be ideal. I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. There's no way they have no idea when Connor's the honor's all, the answer is always Connor. But I mean, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I think the more realistic option is going to be Gilbert Burns, and that probably will be what happens. It's already been rumored for Brazil, okay. so uh, it's possible. Covington's the more interesting one, in my opinion, because of his current standing as opposed to a lot of other current standing. So so what would you do with him? I'd put him against the uh, Kamzat Nate Diaz winner, <laughs> assuming you can get Nate under contract again. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, my two thoughts were were um, put him against the winner of Bilal Muhammad against uh, Sean Brady. You could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could do, or you could do Jeff Neal. That's about the the two best options. I think, well, that gets you. You're going to want to closer to your prediction from like two years ago. Yeah, you're gonna want to <laughs> probably match him up again, match him up against somebody who's coming off a win. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna match him up against somebody who coming off a loss, I, I would guess Stephen Thompson. But I mean, yeah. I don't think that makes sense for Covington to fight anybody, except anyone who's coming off a win. And he's gonna have to fight somebody. He can't, he can't hold out for Edwards or Usman or anything. He's gotta, he's gotta yeah. fight somebody. He can't Co- Covington and Kamzad, I have a feeling like that feels like it would be a really big fight. Yeah, that feels like it'd be something. Yeah, like you got to go five yeah, rounds, yeah. but but I almost think it's a waste putting it on a fight night. But you know, maybe yeah. I suppose you could do five a five round, round pay per view, maybe five round, five round co main event too. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you can't do that. Five. Yeah, uh, I got another thing that's not on our news stuff, and it's not it's MMA related in a sense, but not the heavy rumors that Jake Paul's next boxing match is going to be against Anderson Silva. Okay. So there's okay. that. Was that um was that something that they had tried to make like a year ago, or am I thinking of something else? No, no, no. Okay. Jake Paul's been trying to avoid Anderson Silva. Anderson oh. Silva liked the plague, but oh right, okay. Learned yeah. That. yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think they're I think they've wisened up to the fact that that Jake Paul is only a draw fighting big name former MMA fighters. Not even not even mid level MMA fighters because that rematch with Tyron Woodley did did jack shit. I mean it did less than ROH pay per view does. And and uh you know obviously the C Rahman Jr. fight that was gonna fl- flop like you know like like a major flop. So so I guess this is the only way to Book Jake Paul, and I could easily see Anderson beating him, and that being the end of Jake Paul and his boxing experiment. That's why. That's another reason why I think think that Nate's UFC future it could be pretty good because if Jake Paul just loses, he's done boxing, in my opinion. He'll go. He'll go wrestle with his brother. I guess the reason they're afraid of Silva is, I mean, he knocked out Tito and he beat Julio Cesar Chavez even though Chavez is like a hundred years old, um, but he won. So he, he actually can fight a little bit. He, he can, act, he can actually box. So yeah. And he's, I mean, he's, they're about the same size, I think. Right. Uh, maybe, uh, they're about Jake the same Paul size. Might be I mean, even a bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so yeah, but and, and Anderson's age is a big thing, but but yeah. yeah. But, and uh, we got a shitload of fights to go over here. Um, <laughs> some of them I already mentioned earlier when we were going over yeah. our thing, or at least one of them, anyways. But uh, what are some of the ones you wanted to highlight? Yeah, we have a lot. Uh, I'll just go over some of the bigger, bigger ones. Uh, UFC two seventy nine nine on September tenth, the Chimaev DS fight. They were trying to bolster the card. They did last week with Ferguson and Jingliang. Uh, this week they added Kevin Holland against Daniel Rodriguez. That's going to be a catchweight fight at 180 pounds so that okay. way neither one of them has to try to make 170 since it just comes together a few weeks but that should be a very entertaining fight those both those guys are super entertaining fighters especially kevin holland so uh, that's why i pointed that, that one great. out yeah yeah and it's going to be main card you know it's going to be chimea diaz in the main and then ferguson jingling in the co-main and then Holland Rodriguez right before that. Uh, UFC Fight Night, October 1st. I'm pointing this out because this fight's been scheduled a couple times, but it's two old heavyweights, Alexi Olenek against Iller Latifi. I mean, <laughs> that, should, yeah. that should be something if it actually happens. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to skip all the way to UFC 281 at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Israel's teammates on the show uh, – Carlos Olberg against Nikolai Negromanu in a light heavyweight fight. And Dan Hooker back at lightweight. He's fighting Claudio Puelles. Puelles is on a super impressive win streak. So that that's a big fight for both those guys because Hooker yeah. Hooker's trying to keep himself keep himself relevant and and this will be like the gatekeeper fight, whether he's a gatekeeper or not. If he uh, I, I if he loses that fight, I mean I wouldn't be shocked to see him like put his gloves down. I hope that doesn't happen, but yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either. But uh yeah. but yeah, but uh here's a fight we didn't mention for on Bellator. I don't know how yep. we didn't gloss over it, maybe because but uh Bellator two eighty eight, uh November eighteenth, the Chicago show. That's the one that has Patrick E. Pitbull and Usman Nurmagomedov. But the main actual main event for that show is the light heavyweight championship of a team Nemkov against Corey Anderson. They're uh, going through that rematch of the no contest that Corey Anderson if he would have low blowed the guy or something, I forget, yeah. I forget exactly on my head of it. But if they'd got, but if the accidental foul had happened, a, just like a few five seconds, seconds later, later. Anderson yeah. Would be the, yeah, he would be, Corey Anderson would be champion, but he's not. He's not. So they're having their rematch from the no contest. Um, UFC Fight Night, November nineteenth. Couple fights here that I'm interested in. Jack Shore against Kyler Phillips. Uh, Jack Shore is coming off his first law, first career loss to Ricky Simone. He's looking to bounce back. Kyler Phillips, very good fighter, very action fighter. And then Muslim Salikov against Andre Fialo. Uh, and, uh, USC Fight Night, December 3rd. A lot of veterans on this, a couple, few veterans on the show. First, uh, Clay Guida in his 60th career fight. He keeps going on. He's going to fight Scott Holtzman. Uh, then you have uh, Mark DeCassie against Michael Johnson and Angela Hill against Emily Ducote. And then, Angela uh, Hill in, in December, that that's like four yeah. months from now. She probably fight three times between now and then. <laughs> Anyways, probably sorry. Yeah, one surprise me she fights in October. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but uh, sorry, UFC two eighty two on a uh, on December tenth. Uh, Edmund Shabazian back. It'll be his first fight in a year. You yeah, know, he's a fight all year, and uh, he's fighting Dalcha Lungi and Bula. Uh, so that's a. Uh, Looking at looking at the handle paper, that's a bounce back fight for Shabazian, but Lungi and Bula is dangerous. 
So there's that. And then uh, the last fight I'm going to point out is on the final UFC show of the year on uh, December 17th. One of our personal favorites, Julian Marquez, fighting yeah. Daron Wynn. And and also on that card, Jamal Pogues, who we just watched a couple weeks ago, uh, getting uh, going right into the deep waters against Stefan Njikui yeah. for his first UFC yeah. fight. So a, just yeah, that's light. That's that light heavyweight. Pogues yeah. fought it heavyweight on the contender series, and and they and, you know because it was short notice, and they didn't why he's like, let me get you a fight with a full camp at your right weight, so that'll be it. But that's a tough one. That Marquez win fight, I feel like I've seen it before, but I, I guess not. I feel, no. feels like a fight I've seen. Um, but uh, it feels like something them. that might have been scheduled. If okay. I, it feels like something that might have been scheduled, it might have almost happened, but uh, you know, weight issues or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, well, easily could be. Uh, they, um, I, I actually like. I don't follow very many fighters on Twitter. Like maybe like twenty, and I actually follow both those guys. So. Um, so yeah, they are, uh, that's it. That's the, uh, I just deleted the, uh, the rundown. Uh, but that was it. Hey, eh? we got through everything. <laughs> that was everything. Yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, we got a busy, busy week coming up, uh, you know, wrestling MMA. Um, there's, there's also some LFA and, uh, I think there's a KSW show coming up soon. So lot, lots of good stuff for everybody to check out, but definitely the UFC Paris show on uh, Saturday afternoon on ESPN plus if you're not watching college football or if you are, then just watch it later. So, uh, Ryan, you had, uh, just reading your coverage of, um, you, the UFC, uh, from this past weekend in the observer from the pay-per-view, um, and, uh, your awesome coverage, extensive coverage of like talking about Rockhold Costa and, uh, Edwards and Usman and, and all the rest of that card. So you can check that on the wrestling observer and then uh, also follow Ryan's coverage on WrestlingObserver.com uh, coming up uh, this coming weekend uh, on for UFC fight night. And uh, me, I don't have much going on. I, well, I'm going to be on a um, all out preview sh- or post game show on Saturday on the, the fight game media, YouTube channel with the power bomb show. Sunday. What did I say? Saturday, Sunday post game. Yeah, post game yeah. show on Sunday. Sunday, which uh, is is not not a week. Uh, I don't have to work the next day, so I can stay up late. Um, yeah, but we're joining with the power bombshells, uh, Sam and Mel, and then me and Jeff Hawkins are are joining them. So it'll be like a combination of the dynamite show and the power bombshells. So, and then uh, Ryan and I'll be back next week to recap uh, the UFC in Paris and to uh, preview the uh, big uh, pay per view from uh, Las Vegas uh, in a couple weeks. So. For Ryan, I'm Paul. And Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do? All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.